Welcome to episode 24 of the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast. I'm Lisa Fisher, a longtime broadcaster and journalist in Arkansas who's been in front of a microphone or a camera since the 1980s. I think of myself as the go-to for all things Little Rock and Arkansas, but I also like learning about other people and what they have to offer. That's why I started a podcast. My guest for this episode is Dr. Jack Wolfson. He's a board-certified functional medicine cardiologist from the Phoenix area who goes against traditional medical advice and helps you live your best life without statins or surgeries. You'll get to meet Dr. Wolfson right after this. This episode of the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast is brought to you by my friends, literally my friends, I kind of know everybody, at Akles Carpet One. It is an Arkansas store and I know who's downloading this podcast, many of you from the natural state. And you might be looking for new flooring. You know, the pandemic has made all of us tweak a little this and that. This actually happened before the pandemic because we are putting our home uh, up for sale in a few months. We're building a home. And clearly, we were in no hurry. We finally replaced the carpet after 20 years. And that's what happened. We, We went there. My designer went there. He picked out a carpet. It was like less than $4, you know, a square or a cubit or a foot. I, I can't do measure. You know, it's math. And um, brought it here. Guys, it looks great. In fact, it looks so good. My neighbor Stephanie did it. My friend Adam just did it. Um, somebody else just went there last week uh, because I know what I'm talking about. I kind of have my PhD in shopping. And the thing about Akel's Carpet One They beat the big box store in price, service. um, You'll love these people. Their selection is amazing. But what you have to do is go to the show notes and you'll see the link to AcolsCarpet1.com. You will love it. Trust me on this. I have my PhD in shopping. She won most talkative in high school and she has been running her mouth ever since. Welcome to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast with your host, Lisa Fisher. Dr. Wolfson, you are a paleocardiologist. First, I need the definition of a paleocardiologist. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you so much for having me on, Lisa. You know, the paleocardiologist is the name of my book. My patients have kind of called me that over the years because I'm a cardiologist who's, who's, who's always talking about diet and nutrition and lifestyle. And I really push that paleo lifestyle. Now, paleo by definition means old stone age. So it's kind of like prehistoric and pre-agriculture. That's paleo. So paleo as it relates to food is mostly hunter-gatherer. And paleo as it um, uh, pertains to lifestyle is all about getting outside, getting outdoors, living your best life. And that's kind of what the whole paleo cardiologist is. But I'm a board-certified cardiologist who practices naturally. That's the name of my book. So whatever you want to call me, as they say, hey, just just call me, right? And you got into this uh, because you, you're uh, a formally trained cardiologist and you got into this lifestyle. I heard you one time on Wellness Mama because of a hot young chick you ended up marrying. Your wife is a chiropractor and she started kind of massaging your brain and saying, why don't you look at it this way? Kind of tell me about that revelation you found. Well, let me say this. As a chiropractor, she doesn't massage my brain, but she certainly adjusted it, if you will. Gave me a few chiropractic adjustments to bring me into the mix. Uh, Although who doesn't love a good massage, which is very heart healthy, by the way, which I definitely, definitely, definitely recommend and talk about in the book, by the way. Uh, In any case... Uh, you know, uh, you know. Once again, I was ten years on the job in the in the biggest cardiology group in the state of Arizona. I was a senior partner, uh, making big time dollars as a hospital based cardiologist. All the security, all the respect, and all that stuff. And along the way, I would meet this uh, young woman. She's a uh, doctor of chiropractic, or as she says, uh, you know, DC doctor of chiropractic, DC doctor of cause. And she said, if you really want to help people, if you went into medicine and to health for the right reasons, which I assume you did then you need to become a DC yourself, a doctor of cause. You have to find out what is causing high blood pressure, what is causing heart attacks and strokes and atrial fibrillation. And Lisa, that's, that's, you know, was, was talk about like a mind blowing experience. 
again, I was in a group with 40 other cardiologists and vascular surgeons and cardiac surgeons, and it's just a massive money train. And yes, we think we're helping people, and yes, we think we're practicing best care. But when I stop, when she like hit me over the head with this. It just made perfect sense. Like, wow, we never talk about nutrition. We never talk about the healthy lifestyle. We never talk about the things that are truly making people sick. We just talk about drugs. We just talk about surgeries. And there's got to be a better way. And that's how I started to change. And it wasn't easy. Eventually, I would leave that big group in 2012, start my own practice out in Arizona. And as they say, the rest is history. Did those guys and gals think you were some type of medical heretic to steal a, a phrase from a book from the 70s uh, where a physician kind of was antithetical in the way his approach to medicine that called him a medical heretic? Is that how do you think you've been that they they kind of sit around going that Wolfson, what's happened to him? Uh, well, yeah, there's no doubt there was a lot of it. Um, and I think, you know, one tip I would have certainly for anybody who's listening is, is overall, you know, don't, don't worry about what other people's think, you know, other people think, worry about what you think and what, what your truth is and live your truth. There's too many people again, that are succumbing to, uh, the belief systems of other people, but myself personally on that journey, uh, undoubtedly, you know, there was, uh, there were a lot of people again, who were against my message, uh, for a couple different reasons. Reasons, one of which is that financially it's not a good move, right? If your goal as a cardiology group is to make a lot of money, and I promise you, Lisa, it is. I sat in on all every one of those business meetings where we talk about, yeah, we talk talk about good practice in medicine, but we talk about money. So if you are trying if you are going to disrupt the money train, that's never good for your popularity within the group. And then also Cardiologists, like all doctors, they are built with um, with this kind of complex, whether you call it a God complex or what, but it's a, it's a confidence complex. You have to think that what you are doing is the only way. It's the right way. And if you allow some other belief system to come into your brain, into your psyche, into your practice, now you lose that confidence in what you're doing. Like if you're a cardiac surgeon, you have to know like, this is what the goal is at hand. This is what we have to do. And there can be no room for doubt in that conversation. If you start injecting all these other alternative therapies or natural therapies, and you put that into the mindset of a cardiologist, they're going to run away. Now, Lisa, you may have talked to other people. There are other natural cardiologists. There are other natural doctors. There's not many of us because the money is so good on the other side. The security is so good on the other side. The confidence is uh, so good on the other side. And frankly, Lisa, it's a lot easier to practice on the other side. Like if someone has high blood pressure, I can just write a prescription for a pharmaceutical. But if I want to talk about, hey, this is the best diet for blood pressure. This is the best uh, lifestyle, getting sleep and sunshine and getting chiropractic care and getting physical activity and getting away from the chemicals and toxins and practicing yoga and mindfulness. And like we said, getting a massage. Like that, those conversations are difficult because there's so many of them. And then if I were to talk about evidence-based supplements and blood pressure alone, like that's a multi-hour conversation, right? So again, uh, it's much more difficult to practice on the natural side for a variety of reasons, but I wouldn't change a thing ever. Um, we all talk about leaky gut, but I've read some of your material. You're talking about a leaky heart. So explain that to me. Sure thing. Okay, so uh, uh, take us back to you know 2005, and that's when I met my wife, and uh, she started talking about different things, and one of which was leaky gut. And I said, leaky gut. I said, where did you come up with this bogus diagnosis of leaky gut? I spent four years in medical school, three years of internal medicine, three years of cardiology, like ten years after I graduated from the University of Illinois in medical training. And I never once heard the term or phrase leaky gut. I never heard that leaky gut syndrome. And she said, well, that's your problem. You need to go learn about it and read about it if you want to help your patients. I, I know, Lisa, you would you would love my wife. She's a total, total pistol. She's awesome. I love her. So, <laughs> I can so, tell. 
So she, uh, you know, so anyway, so I go to the literature to read about leaky gut and there's not much there. There's a little bit as it pertains to celiac disease, but over the last 10 years, the medical literature on leaky gut or what's uh, otherwise known as intestinal hyperpermeability has exploded. So what does that mean? It means that the gut leaks and things get into the body that don't belong. So when things get in through the gut wall that don't belong, well, now they're on the inside of the body and that's when the immune system kicks in to go after this foreign invader. The immune system is there to attack uh, the, the foreign invaders. And again, when you have leaky gut, foreign invaders get in. Those can be food particles. Those can be viruses, bacteria. Anything can kind of go in through that, that barrier in the, in the gut when it's not working appropriately. So now the immune system goes on, inflammation, oxidative stress, all that stuff is linked to cardiovascular disease, heart attack, stroke, heart failure, AFib. But then what happens is, is that it's linked to those because as you have the leaky gut, then you develop the leaky heart. And when I say that, it means the lining of the blood vessels, the lining of the heart itself, it starts to leak, meaning abnormal cells, inflammation gets into the heart muscle, gets into the artery walls, and that's how you start to develop plaque, which can then rupture, leading to a heart attack or leading to death. So that's leaky heart syndrome. Well, I know on the way you practice, you want lower intervention, but is are there diagnostic tests for us to check our heart to see the health of it, or should we just start assuming it might be leaky? Well, um, there's there's no, I, you know, I, first of all, um, to answer your question, uh, there are a lot of different tests that I think that people should have if they're looking to prevent, treat, and reverse cardiovascular disease. So let me start off by saying this loud and clear. One of those tests is not a coronary CT scan. I'm very against CT scans because they are a massive amount of radiation that causes heart disease, that causes cancer, that causes brain disease. So if you're in a car wreck and someone needs to do a CT scan in a trauma situation, different story. If you're looking at how to detect sickness in the heart, a CT scan is the wrong thing. Now, what are some of the right wow. things? Well, again, there's a lot of different uh, tests we can use, but I love blood testing, uh, blood uh, and, and urinary testing. And going back to that leaky gut, I like to test for leaky gut because if we have leaky gut, we definitely have leaky heart. So we can do a test for leaky gut called the wheat zoomer, uh, for example. That's one of the tests that I use that we sell all over the country. We sell it on our website, you know, yada, yada. And that looks for seven different components of leaky gut. And it also looks for dozens of different antibodies to gluten and to wheat. So one of the major things that causes leaky gut is, is wheat and gluten, which is a small uh, molecule that's found in wheat, and uh, to get people tested for that. So I think that's really a fundamental test. And then again, there's so many different advanced cardiovascular tests that I think are very important to look at that the average cardiologist just is not doing. You have to go to a doctor like myself or to me personally or someone on my team to get this information because you're not gonna get it from your mainstream cardiologist. They don't understand it. Not because they're not very intelligent, they are. They've never been trained to understand this information. And they even if they did, Lisa, they just don't have the time to do it. So again, uh, there's some fantastic tests that really, really, really help to determine your risk. I could spend hours, again, just talking about those different tests, but I think I gave you a pretty good start. Okay. Well, I'm going to put a link to your website, obviously, in the show notes for this program so people can look this up. Since wherever they're listening right now on the planet, can they make an appointment with you now because of, you know, pandemic medical consultations? Are you able just to do a Zoom call with maybe some lab work and to make some progress with a patient? Yes, I, I do that stuff all the time, and, uh, and and it really is very exciting. So probably the best thing to do uh, is to, 
Yeah, I mean, if somebody is interested, is just to email uh, the office. Uh, and, and we can go from there. You know, uh, that's probably the best way to reach us. But again, like I'm kind of all over. I'm not too difficult to find. You know, again, my book, my book is available for free, freeheartbook.com. Start off with a copy of my book. And, and again, um, uh, you know, it's it just, uh, you know, we want to make ourselves available to everybody as possible. And just, I mean, whoever's listening, just know that there is a natural, holistic, safe approach for your heart. And it's not even a matter of, hey, you got to give up all your pharmaceuticals or, uh, you know, again, you know, we work with a lot of doctors in combination, but it is about how for, you know, you to live your longest and best life with your heart intact. And I think the medical model of that is just a failure. I've seen too much sickness. I've seen too much disease. Uh, do statin drugs lower your numbers down? They do, but they don't really meaningfully change your risk of heart attack, stroke, or dying. So again, we want to give people the best options that they may not be getting from their current medical doctor. And and it's just not fair. Then what are your thoughts on statins? So my thoughts on statins, again, is that, you know, quite simply, Lisa, you know this as well, is that... Uh, uh, we as humans were built pretty perfectly. Like we start off pretty good. Our genetics are pretty darn good. I never like to say anything is genetic. You know, again, what, the only thing that's genetic is that people lived in the same house, ate the same food, ate the same lifestyle, and then they suffered the same health consequences. Our genetics are pretty darn perfect, right? We can run and jump and see and taste and smell and feel, and we can make babies like we can do some amazing stuff with our genetics so why would we be genetically programmed to have heart disease or cancer or dementia we're not so let me go a little further and say again that heart disease is not because we're deficient in statin drugs or aspirin or blood pressure drugs and we're not deficient in angioplasties and stents or bypasses we're deficient in the healthy lifestyle so Statin drugs, according to the literature, which on a, on, on a different note, of course, is 100% sponsored by industry, like it's all sponsored <laughs> by the pharmaceutical industry. They tell us that statin drugs, re so they certainly reduce cholesterol, that's for sure. But again, we don't get any points for having low cholesterol. We want to know if I take this pharmaceutical, does it reduce my chances of having a heart attack? Does it reduce my chances of having a stroke? Does it reduce my chances of dying? That's what really we want to know. And the answer is statin drugs can do that according to their science, but it's only by a little bit. Like Lisa, it's not good enough to reduce your chance of having a heart attack with a statin drug from 5% down to 4%. We Are wanna... you kidding me? It's that small? Lisa, it's tiny. It's tiny. Now, of course, the pharmaceutical industry, they come into the doctor's office and they send in this um, beautiful young uh, pharmaceutical representative. Right. And that beautiful representative, they could be male, they could be female, but they are a beautiful person. And they are trained right. to sell you stuff. And they come in with all these different graphs and they come in with all this stuff and they say 20% reduction in heart attacks. 20% reduction, that's incredible. Sign me up, wow, and you just gave me a lunch uh, as well, and you gave me two tickets to the show, or you took me out to play golf. And Lisa, I mean, back in the old days, like when my father was a practicing cardiologist, they took my entire family to Hawaii. For one week, for one week, they took my entire family to Hawaii and they paid for everything. They paid for everything. My father spoke for 90 minutes. My father spoke for 90 minutes. They paid for everybody to go. So back where I'm going with this is that that 20% reduction that they talk about, well, 5% down to 4% is a 20% relative risk reduction but it's only a 1% absolute risk reduction. And again, 5%, 4%, that's not good enough for me. It's not good enough for you. It's not good enough for the people we love. It's not good enough for the patients. It's not good enough for anybody. And people are being sold 
that that false sense of security and it's wrong and i am here to change all that okay let's talk about let's see i from my research cholesterol is a good thing you know it helps our sex hormones there're just so many benefits of it but my goodness according to your physician if you walk outside there's a mean monster called cholesterol and he's going to come get you and he's going to put you in the ground and bury you and you're going to be pushing daisies so kind of tell us what cholesterol's role is in our metabolic process and our physiology yeah sure thing you know cholesterol when i speak on stage i always ask people and i'll ask you know you right now and i'll ask the listeners right now if we say the word cholesterol what do you think of so you think of uh heart attack you think of stroke you think of eggs you think of this kind of yellowish uh plaque buildup substance that causes heart attacks but Again, that's all what the pharmaceutical industry wants us to think. That's what they want us to believe. So I thought it was so important to talk about cholesterol up front. I made it chapter one of my book. And would you believe that I labeled it uh, cholesterol is king? Because, uh, or I guess to, to non be sexist there, let me say uh, cholesterol is king or queen. So let me, uh, let me, let me get into the uh, 21st century here. Get with the times. Okay. So that being said, cholesterol is, is the grand poobah. That's, that's what we need to understand. So why, why does an egg contain cholesterol? Well, that's what a chicken needs to come to life. You're not going to, uh, you know, a chicken digests like the yolk and that's how it comes to life. You don't get, uh, you know, you don't get chickens by eating oatmeal. So the cholesterol is inside the chicken egg. Cholesterol is a major part of, of the mother's breast milk to bring a baby from a newborn to age one, two, three, like you can breastfeed a baby for a long time and that's all they need because they're getting all those benefits, including from cholesterol and saturated fat, by the way. So cholesterol, again, is absolutely critical. As you mentioned, all of our sex hormones comes from cholesterol. So for example, the testes or the ovaries, they want to make respectively, testosterone or estrogen. So they call out to the liver, send down more cholesterol. So the LDL bus, which was is typically we're told is the bad stuff, right? So all right, mammals, the bad one, right. this is this is the same way in all mammals. Like, I mean, whether you're monkeys or giraffes or, or you know, I mean, you know, I mean, any kind of mammalian species has cholesterol. Um, in fact, pretty much all animal life has as cholesterol. Um, the, the liver brings down cholesterol to the testes or to the ovaries and it drops it off and then those organs turn that into testosterone and or estrogen. That's just the way that it works. So now we say, wow, well, cholesterol is obviously very important. So, I mean, we better, you know, do we really want to lower the numbers down? Where else do we find cholesterol? Well, we know that vitamin D is important. Everybody knows high levels of vitamin D are linked to the lowest risk of everything. There's a certain uh, uh, pandemic uh, going on right now. And those people who survive are the people with the highest levels of vitamin D. So what? how do you get vitamin D? You don't get it from a pill bottle you get it when the sun hits the skin and converts cholesterol in the skin into vitamin d next thing vitamin uh, or uh, the cholesterol in the, is is made in the liver it's squeezed out through the liver and the gallbladder onto our food so we digest our food every single cell membrane is loaded with cholesterol that's how cells talk to each other how they how cells communicate with other things trying to get inside the cell outside the cell uh, cholesterol is a big part of our brain as well. So uh, cholesterol is a big part of our immune system. So uh, again, cholesterol is very, very, very important. We need it and we want to find the perfect level for each one of us. At least your number is different than my number. That is different from the sound engineer working with us. That's different from everybody listening. Everybody's got their own perfect number and we want to find the perfect number for them because then we're giving the body the tools that it needs to get the job done. That's real health. So is it important for us to have a CBC with a cholesterol panel to at least see the barometer of where we are? Or does that matter to you? Well, 
um, the C, the uh, CBC is one thing. So CBC looks for infections. It looks for anemia. Oh, okay. It looks for okay. thick blood. So I mean, I mean, and, and that test, and that test certainly has value. And, and I always test people the CBC. There's other things inside there that I find very important to help guide uh, health. Uh, but the cholesterol panel, as most cardiologists still do it, I call that the 1970s panel. Again, when my father who was a cardiologist, may he rest in peace, when my, and which is a whole nother story I tell in the book. Um, but when my father was starting out as a cardiologist, total cholesterol, LDL, HDL, triglycerides, that was the 1970s basics. People deserve so much more in-depth information now and the doctors are not giving it to them. So the ultimate thing that you can ask your doctor for, which they've heard of, but they typically don't order, is something called apolipoprotein A and apolipoprotein B. And it is the ratio, actually, of B to A that helps us determine the risk of having a cardiovascular event. And that is the most important cholesterol kind of prognostic thing. Total cholesterol is just about worthless. Total LDL is the next closest to worthless. Uh, even HDL has issues with it. So we're looking for that ratio, APOB, APOA, and all cardiologists can order it. All lab testing companies in the United States okay. and, and Canada can order it. It's an easy test. And again, the lower the ratio, the better. But to segue, if we want a little bit from there, What's even more important than any of those uh, numbers are the markers of inflammation, HSCRP, myeloperoxidase, um, uh, phospholipase A2, uh, and then another marker that I love called oxidized LDL because LDL can be very good. As we said, it's it, LDL takes the passengers around the body, including cholesterol and fat-soluble vitamins, ADEK, LDL is a major component of the immune system. So if we, if we measure LDL and we can measure the damaged LDL particles, the more damaged LDL particles we have, the more in trouble we are. And now we know what we need to fix, which is really, really cool. So are there things that we're doing in our diet that really aren't gonna bring that number down? Well, you know, again, uh, there's a lot of different things, you know, when it comes to diet, when it comes to lifestyle. And that's, again, what I really highlight in the 17 chapters of my book. It's not all about diets. So many other factors really come in. Like, for example, we talk about uh, cholesterol. Well, the, the more sunshine you get, the lower your cholesterol numbers, because, again, sunshine turns all that cholesterol into vitamin D. So vitamin D levels go up total cholesterol numbers go down. So oftentimes when I see cholesterol abnormalities, I call that a vitamin D deficiency syndrome or, or, or again, a high cholesterol is a vitamin D or sunshine deficiency, if you will, a sunshine deficiency syndrome. Uh, so we use all these different strategies. We talk about diet. And again, Lisa, it's not just about like how, how low can I drive my numbers down? We're not trying to compete with Lipitor. That's not what our goal is. You know, for someone like you, Lisa, where we're trying to make sure that your thyroid and your immune system is functioning optimally and not attacking the thyroid gland. Like there's a reason for Hashimoto's. There's a reason for autoimmune thyroid disease. And that's what doctors need to figure out. Why is your immune system attacking your body and that's what we always need to look at and again if we we want to make sure that we give your body all the support it needs and I don't think that driving your number down certainly artificially uh, is the best strategy for anybody with thyroid uh, issues or diabetes or obesity or lack of energy or low libido or sleep problems or skin issues or anything. Uh, we, we owe people better. Um, what can we do if that vitamin D pill isn't the best thing, the best reasonable facsimile, what would be next then for us to absorb real sunlight? Uh, Lisa, these are it, it, it's it's a great question. Thank you so much for you know asking it. Um, uh, and and you know once again, uh, my practice is in Scottsdale, Arizona, but the vast majority of people come from outside of Arizona. They either fly down and see me personally, or we do virtual consultations. And they are located 
in Seattle, Portland, right. Canada, Minnesota, right. upstate New York, my hometown right. of Chicago, Russia, oh. Norway. Like these people, oh. Alaska, these people are coming from those cold climates because that's where the sickness really is. There's sure. not a lot of sick people down at the equator. And That's we very good. started off on the equator. Like we started off in the Middle East. That's where human, uh, human life was born. So as we left those areas, now you leave the sunshine. And frankly, uh, I can go on about this. But that's when the trouble starts. When you leave your native, when we left the equator and we went north, we went south, the further north we went, the more problematic it got. And again, the literature is very clear on this. The farther you are away from the equator, uh, the more chance you have of, of all illness. And you know that from Hashimoto's, you know it from right. multiple sclerosis, autoimmune diseases, heart diseases, dementias, uh, cancers, you name it. So. Um, what we, what I, what do I tell people when I, when I talk to them on the phone, I say, move, <laughs> you know, move to, uh, you can move to Arizona, you can move to Southern Texas, you can move to South Florida, you can move to Costa Rica, you can move to Hawaii, you can move to, uh, you know, I don't know, you know, again, you know, Columbia, you know, move, you know, if you want my best <laughs> advice, that's my best advice. And then I'm talking to Lisa Fisher and Lisa's like, okay, well, where I live, it's not that bad for a lot of the year. We're having a bad storm right now. Uh, you know, but, uh, you know, this too shall pass, um, you know, but, uh, you know, for, for, you know, the, the Lisa Fishers that live in Seattle and in Calgary and in Minnesota, uh, what do I tell them? You know, you know, because they're like, I'm not moving. I'm a grandmother. Like my family's here. My friends are here. My business is here. Yes, yes. My, I love it here. You know, it's gorgeous in Minnesota. You know, uh, you know, two weeks out of the year. I love those two weeks. I'm not leaving. So right. what do I, you know, so what do I tell them? Take a lot of vacations. Take a lot of vacations. Go to sunny climates. Go to the Southern Caribbean. Go to South of Mexico. Go to Hawaii. Take a lot of vacations. For every five to seven weeks, you are in the cold where you're not getting adequate sun. And most importantly, even if it's sunny, you're not getting quality vitamin D in, in the winter time. Uh, take a lot of vacations. So now the next thing is, well, you know what, Dr. Wolfson, I can't take a lot of vacations. Like my job doesn't allow it. Or, you know, again, family or, you know, the world's on lockdown right now. It's not so easy to go to, you know, to go to Aruba, you know, or to Hawaii. I get that. So the next best strategy, um, which, which, I'll, which I will allude to, and then I'll, I'm going to circle back to one more. But the next best strategy I tell people is to get a vitamin D lamp. Get a vitamin D lamp and uh, all these companies that are making the vitamin D lamps, they usually come with some kind of a guide on how to do it safely and effectively. And really the key there, Lisa, is to start slow. You know, so, you know, just like anything in life, whether it's, uh, you know, physical activity slash exercise uh, or, or, or some kind of other health related practice. Uh, you know, again, start slow and start slow with your with your you know vitamin D exposure, sun lamp exposure. Um, sunshine is good, sunburn is bad. So I'm not talking about sunburn. It's slowly building up. You know, so we, we all went on vacation from Chicago uh, for spring break down to, to South Florida and got burnt. That was bad. But sunshine is good. End of story. And I could talk about sunshine for an hour, but. So, so the lamp is the next best strategy. You can do supplements, although I'm not big on that. There is a book uh, you may be familiar with called The Blue Zones. I'm sure a lot of your listeners are familiar with The mm -hmm. Blue Zones. Mm -hmm. And so, so if we talked about Blue Zones, well, what about the island of Iceland? Like Iceland doesn't get a lot of sunshine certainly obviously in the winter time in the summer time it gets a lot of light in the summertime again stack up as much vitamin d and sun exposure as you can in the summer but what makes icelanders so different they eat a lot of seafood and i'm going to say this right. i'm going to say this loud and clear so everybody can understand if you take home one thing from this entire conversation Seafood is the healthiest food on the planet. There is no second or third place. 
There is no kale. There is no chard. There is no dandelion greens. There's no almonds or oatmeal or wheat bread. Nothing is in the same conversation as seafood. It is the healthiest food on the planet. It's loaded with vitamin D, loaded with omega-3s. If all you did after you finished nursing off your mother is to have seafood the rest of your life, like wild salmon, whole sardines, whole anchovies, or, or anchovy sardine fillets, shellfish like shrimp and lobster and crab. Um, um, if all you did is eat, is eat those fish, you will live a very, very long life and you will live it well. Uh, so uh, that's my whole rant there. I'm sorry if that went on for a long time, but uh, eat seafood. Don't worry about the top. Again, like wild seafood is best. Don't worry about the toxins. Oh, the, you know, the oceans are destroyed. In case you haven't looked outside your window, the whole planet is destroyed. The whole planet is polluted. The whole planet is full of insecticides and pesticides and fossil fuels and 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 ozone you know and and again like the whole planet is destroyed don't worry about eating wild salmon sardines anchovies shellfish i test people's levels i test all these different blood tests and all you know different metals and toxins and stuff like that um please 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 eat seafood Okay, back to sun exposure. We also have been indoctrinated with using all the sunscreen, staying out of the sun, because the sun's going to kill you when, in fact, the sun heals you. So what's your philosophy on then sunscreen and protection? Well, you know, I think that, uh, you know, again, sunburn is bad. So if you haven't been out in the sun for a while, again, you want to take it slow. If you're going to be out in the sun for a long period of time, certainly you can wear a big hat. You can wear clothing as a cover-up. Uh, or, or you could use an organic sunscreen. So what's an organic sunscreen? It's just, uh, you know, the, the active ingredient is zinc. And the inactive ingredients, if you will, are things like organic coconut oil, organic jojoba oil, organic, you know, uh, uh, shea butter. Like those are the things we need to look for. Whatever you put on your skin, of course, goes in your body. Whatever you put onto the children's bodies, please, 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 please make it organic and quality products. So that's how we do it with that. But otherwise, you know, sun, you know, smart sun exposure is key. Listen, all, you know, uh, despite what they tell us, what, what they tell us. Uh, it almost, you know, seems like a conspiracy to make us sick. It, it, it really does, right? It, it really, really does. Um, all life is outside in the sun. Every single animal, every single plant is outside in the sunlight. We as humans are the only ones inside. What happens to a plant when you bring it inside? It dies. It dies. You could be the best horticulturist in the world and your plants they just don't do well like they do outside get outside embrace the power of the sun like you said to heal uh your body what what can people do to avoid being under under a surgeon's knife for surgery well, you know, once again, I mean, I would encourage anybody to, you know, no matter what their situation is, get a second opinion, get a third opinion, whether it's with me or another natural uh, a heart doctor, go ahead and do that. Um, that's that's number one. Never feel like bullied or, or really like strong armed into something when you're not sure. There is a time and a place for emergency medicine. Don't get me wrong. The emergency room exists for a reason. Uh, thank God for the doctors that are working in the emergency rooms, trauma surgeons. Again, thank you for, you know, to all of them. But we're talking in this conversation here about prevention. Again, there's I send people to surgery. I send people to ablations. But what I do is, is that I make them the healthiest version of themselves so they get success out of the procedure without the short-term and the long-term side effects uh, or, or risks with those procedures well let's talk about diet then what's um, part of what you tell people do maybe with the wolfson family you've got children see i you know it's easy for me to to have this autonomous life of my intermittent fasting and everything else but my and my kids actually do it but they're adults but with young children how do you implement paleo lifestyle and some other things 
Well, we do it because they're in our in our house, and that's the way we eat. So they don't have a choice. Yeah. You know, when a quit when a child is hungry, they will eat the broccoli. When a child is hungry, <laughs> they will eat the liver. You know, like they will eat uh, they will eat the uh, the you know the wild salmon or the whole sardine. I I trust you know trust me they will. Now of course as they get older and they start getting you know into the world they start to you know maybe maybe lose some of that uh, enthusiasm for eating those foods. My three year old she'll gobble up liver. She wakes up in the morning. She wants an avocado. Avocado, you know, I mean, like, uh, you know, that's how she is. My eight-year-old, my thirteen-year-old boys, uh, they're they're becoming a little more difficult, a little more, because again, they've been um, they've been educated, they've been trained on why we do what we do. But Lisa, instead of like, you know, debating about, hey, should I go vegan or vegetarian or uh, Mediterranean diet or paleo or keto or even carnivore, right? Where all you do is eat meat, seafood, and eggs. Instead of having that conversation, why don't we do this? Why don't we just say, if everybody who's listening to us committed to eating organic food, if we could go organic as close to 100% of the time, that would be a major step in saving the planet and saving us as humans. If we get the pesticides, if we get the insecticides and the fungicides, and we get the synthetic fertilizers, and we get the GMOs, and we get all of the poison out of our food supply, that's a great start. If you wanna eat organic ice cream, eat organic ice cream. You wanna drink coffee, drink organic coffee. You want to, uh, you know, have chocolate again. I mean, whatever it is, just do it organically. You get everything you love, but you don't get the chemicals. And that is a huge start. Is it cost prohibitive though, to include all those things? Cause you know, the organic kale is more than the traditional kale, the organic coffee, I'm sure is more than, you know, Folgers. There are people who are on food stamps. There are people that are in extreme poverty. And for those people, um, I'm not talking to you, although I, I am trying to help you and support you because the more we get people to convert over to organic food, well, the cheaper it becomes for all of us. So let me say that. But for everybody else who's not in poverty and saying they can't afford it, let me say this, if you're a woman out there, and I'm not, taught, I'm not here to pass judgment on people, but for those of you who, can't, uh, who say you can't afford it, stop getting your hair done. Stop getting your nails done. Stop going to Starbucks and getting your, you know, your double cappuccino frappuccino. Stop with your alcohol addiction. Stop with the travel take a cheaper vacation, get a less expensive house, uh, get a less expensive car, get less expensive clothing. You must take care of yourself first. Everything else becomes meaningless in the face of putting quality food on the table for you and your family. And Again, I've heard this complaint over the years, and it's the same person who just got back from a from a nice trip that just you know drives around in a nice car that lives in a in a house uh, well above their means, and then they'll say they can't afford it. And I know I look at that person, and again, they've got you know it's a sixty five year old woman, and her hair is jet black. And I say, stop dyeing your hair, go gray, stop getting your nails done, you know. And I know what a t what an expense and what a time drain behaviors like that are. Now, listen, I don't I don't begrudge people from doing those things. But don't tell me you can't afford to buy an organic avocado for an extra dollar or the organic kale is 75 cents more than the conventional stuff. You mentioned organ meats earlier. Um, I've done some research on the Walls Protocol and tried to implement it. It's challenging. And the most challenging part was trying to get in the organ meat since that's the one food on the planet I don't prefer. Do you think the supplements are okay? Yes. Yeah. I think, I think uh, organ supplements are a good thing. The key really is when it comes to organ supplements, and I think most of them are, is making sure it's 100% grass-fed, grass-finished. 
Uh, that's really the key with those with those supplements. Another hack is that if you wanted to, like if you really want to go to that level, you can take uh, grass-fed liver and you can cut it up into, you know, like um, basically get it really, really, really cold so it's almost frozen and then you can cut it into little chunks and then you can freeze those individual chunks and swallow it like a capsule. Um, but I, I, I want I want I, I don't want to lose this thought because I'm not sure you're going to ask me about this, but as it pertains to to everybody's health in general, I want to mention this 21st century. It's a it's a millennia old issue, but it's a 21st century health crisis, and this pertains to Hashimoto's, pertains to all disease, no matter what you call it. And that is the problem of mold, M-O-L-D, mold mycotoxins. What is in the walls, what is under the floors, what is under the shower, under the sink, under the toilet, under the laundry machine, under the dishwasher is mold. And mold releases its army and the army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, they are the mycotoxins. If you do one thing again for your health, if you're looking for one test, one test, get tested for mold mycotoxins. Again, shameless plug here. We've got all that information on my website about these mold mycotoxins. It is something that 99.9% of medical doctors would never even consider and even the majority of uh, quote-unquote natural holistic doctors they miss the mold story and they start going treating for Lyme and they start going treating for Epstein-Barr and they start going all this other stuff when the issue is if someone does have Lyme if someone does have Epstein-Barr if someone does have autoimmune issues Again, we want to know why the immune system is not functioning and it is often, if not the majority of times, from mold. If you're not getting tested for mold, you are missing out. Then how do you treat uh, mold toxicity? Lisa, that may be the subject for another show because, oh. because the treatment of mold toxicity can be it, the easy part is the diagnosis the treatment part can be very very difficult but the number one thing you need to do to treat is to get out of the mold situation and that's not so easy either but uh you know let me say this is that whoever out there may be listening i suggest getting tested for mold if it comes back abnormal now you got your work cut out for you now you have your work cut out for you um, but, um, the road, uh, will, will be long. The healing process could be long, but, uh, it is, uh, it is, it is the problem and there is a solution. There is an answer, but it's, uh, it's not easy. Let's talk about the other modalities that help us stay healthy. Chiropractic care is so important. Massage therapy. People think of massages, just fluffy massages, but they can be therapeutic and work with your immune system. So let's talk about some of those things that you prefer. Obviously, chiropractic care. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, chiropractic care is all about how you use the uh, the bones of the body to influence changes in the brain. And then when you influence changes in the brain, well, now the brain sends these positive signals uh, to the rest of the body, including the heart and the lungs. And that's just basic anatomy. That's just basic anatomy, you know, 101, uh, autonomic nervous system, parasympathetic, sympathetic uh, nervous system, balancing off that. We're all in sympathetic overdrive. We're all, you know, in this state of constant fear fear right now. Uh, you know, the fear channels are on 24 seven. People are afraid of each other. People aren't leaving their houses. Uh, fear is at an all time high. There's never been, there's never been a time when the world has had more fear than maybe when people looked up, uh, you know, a million years ago and saw a meteor coming to the earth and now there was no sun. Uh, that would have been fearful. Uh, this situation right now, again, fear, 
uh, and, and we need to get out of that fear state. We need to regain our, our, our parasympathetic tone. And we do that through chiropractic. That's proven. We do it from uh, through massage. We do it through meditation. We do it through listening to, uh, uh, to the comedy channel or watching a funny movie. We do it by mm-hmm. having positive relationships and getting rid of negative relationships. Uh, again, you know, the physical activity. There's so many different things to balance that, that autonomic nervous system. And I think it's really important. Okay, one thing that you mentioned earlier that um, has had an uptick in the pandemic is alcohol consumption. What's your thought on alcohol and alcohol consumption? Um, I, I guess in short, I'd say alcohol is poison. Alcohol is a liver toxin, brain toxin. People who drink alcohol are much more likely to develop atrial fibrillation, which of course the majority of people that come to see me and consult with me, Lisa, from around the world are with the abnormal heart rhythm, uh, AFib. And alcohol for every drink you have uh, increases your risk of AFib. I love the taste of alcohol. My father was a drinker. I was a drinker. Uh, I like to sip on an organic tequila now and then, but uh, I don't want anyone to think it's healthy. Certainly, uh, this daily drinking is absolute poison for a variety of reasons. I like to tell people one to two drinks per week, uh, preferably of an organic beverage, either organic uh, uh, beer, organic wine, organic uh, tequila, vodka. Again, whatever your choice is, there are organic options. Go grab one. Well, it was cardiologists that told us 15, 20 years ago to drink red wine every day. So you think that was sponsored by the uh, some winery in Northern California? You know, once again, uh, you know, there, there is some evidence that shows that that alcohol consumption can lower lower cardiovascular risk. <clears throat> but I would rather tell those people, hey, drink a cup of coffee. So, again, instead of drinking alcohol, which has many downsides to it. Uh, to grab something else that, again, has those similar benefits with antioxidants and stuff like that, like a coffee, like a tea, uh, uh, stuff like that. I think in a lot of ways, because I think back to my old practice, and, and there were a few doctors in there that were always talking about, uh, you know, uh, you know uh, wine. They're always talking about red wine and how much they love red wine and all the benefits of red wine. I think it's an excuse. I think it's just uh, it's like a it's like a doctor selling cigarettes in 19, you know, 45. Hey, cigarettes are great for blah, 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 blah. Right. Um, you know, I think we choose to endorse the stuff uh, that we're addicted to. So I guess from my standpoint, I'm addicted to seafood and sunshine and a healthy lifestyle. So I push that I'm addicted to my organic coffee. So I, I push that. Uh, so. You know, again, I don't think that alcohol consumption is the worst thing in the world at the end of the day. I think that some of the enthusiasm for daily drinking and two glasses of red wine a day, uh, I don't I don't think I don't think it's healthy and I don't think it's necessary. I think there's other ways to go about improving your health than uh, than that. You know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, medical marijuana. I mean, I think there's a time and a place for, for medical marijuana. I think there's a time and a place for THC, for CBD. You know, there is. But again, these are not first line strategies and solutions. There's always all the fundamentals we need to do. And then if at the end of the day, we're still in pain, well, there's a place for CBD. There's a place for THC and medical marijuana. Uh, there's a time and a place for, you know, for everything. But uh, let's, again, let's give all the body, you know, let's give the body all the tools it needs to get the job done. And then we'll see how things shake out. The doctorswolfson.com is one of the websites. All this in the show notes from cardiologycoffee.com to the test you need to have. Fabulous. I feel like I got my CME hours if I was <laughs> if I were looking for some. So great job. Thank you so much for uh, for doing this and uh, helping people learn. I appreciate you, Lisa. Thank you so much for allowing me to share this information with your people. I, I sincerely appreciate it. And together we're going to make the world a better place. That's what it's all about. Your grandkids, my kids, my kids, kids, everybody's kids. We're all in this together. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast. Be sure to hit subscribe and download all the episodes. The Lisa Fisher Said Podcast is produced by the Clanton Boys at clantoncreative.com. For more information, go to the show notes and they can produce a podcast for you and make you podcast famous. Mm